Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is JP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. Fighting for faith, family, and freedoms on the front lines of the America First movement. We've got some concerning things to talk about today. An expert says it is not sad at all that kids are afraid of going maskless because that's not sad at all. Definitely not. T-Mobile has censored text messages containing links to interviews. That's very concerning, actually. Uh, the the Texas primary is today. Get out and vote for Don Huffins. We'll be talking about that after the break. And the State of the Union address is a little bit of an overview. I'll actually miss the State of the Union address tonight. And I will not have a podcast episode tomorrow. So I will not be able to cover the State of the Union, unfortunately. But you know, it is what it is. The Daily Caller released an article. It's not sad at all that kids are afraid of going maskless. Maskless, experts says. And this is an article from Laura Duggan. An expert in adolescence, here we go, maybe, not, okay. I I was trying to turn on the reader mode because it has no ads, but whatever. An expert in adolescent development says it was not concerning or sad that middle schoolers are afraid to take their masks off even when mandates are lifted, the Los Angeles Times reported Monday. Andrew Fulagini, director of the Adolescent Development Lab at University of California, Los Angeles, told the LA Times that parents should not be sad at all. The children became so accustomed to masks over the past two years that they were afraid to show their faces in school. They don't know what is going to happen. They don't know what to expect. They haven't done this kind of thing. It's completely uncovered for a long time. Uh, It's new to them, and that's really cool. I think it's fantastic. That's the thing about the adolescent brain. It's designed to learn and grow and adapt to new circumstances. The article's author discussed her middle school son and his friends who attend a school in Los Angeles have been required to mask indoors for the last 10 months. Students express self-consciousness about letting their friends see their faces and even seeing their friends' faces, and some students worried that they would be less attractive with their masks off, according to the LA Times. The day author said that students mostly continued wearing masks when they are optional. That's okay. I mean, the, the headline, it's not sad at all. It's not sad at all that children feel self-conscious. Children, and these are middle schoolers, feel scared to go maskless, feel like they don't know what's going to happen, feel like they shouldn't be able to be themselves around their friends. That's, that, that's not sad at all. I I think our definition of sad is, is different. I think it is extremely sad when you have kids, one of the largest generations of children. Obviously, it is the largest generation of children because it is the final generation, not counting alpha at this point. But that are afraid to go maskless. Afraid to show their face and show who they are to the world. God made our body to, to, to be a representation of us and be a representation of him in, in hiding it, especially like your face, which is which is who you are by definition. The picture of you in your face is who you are. It is sad. Afraid they're not going to look as attractive without their mask on. That's really sad. That's the thing about the adolescent brain. It is designed to learn and grow and adapt to new circumstances, is what um, Fulagini added. It, it, It rubs me the wrong way that kids just younger than me in this study are afraid to go maskless. I, I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, 
being afraid to go maskless is is sad. I I understand if it's like afraid to take your shirt off around people or something, but it, it's 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 your face, and and we shouldn't we shouldn't compare a medical face covering to a a, a shirt and that's what's being compared to now. I wouldn't feel comfortable taking my shirt off around people, but but I'd gladly take my mask off. I, I'd gladly show people who I am. It's, it's sad. It's just, it's 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 sad that the future of our nation, the, the the nation, the people who have to save our nation, which at this rate probably won't be saved, without more people like, not to toot my own horn, but more people like me, more people like the young conservatives on the internet that without without the young conservative population our nation would fall because this is the majority of children this is the majority of our generation of generation z and we've overcame a lot of hard things in, in our nation's history but this the the mental instability the mask mandates the the self-confidence being destroyed is something that's going to be very hard to overcome. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in history. And our nation, is, or in our generation, is going to have a lot to fight up against. I don't think we've ever seen this this dramatic of a self, a, a self-confidence uh, crisis, as much of a self-confidence and a, a maskless and a... Um, I, I really don't know, in a mental health crisis as we are in this generation. And it's extremely sad. It's extremely scary for the generation, for the future, for the next generations as well. So one thing I didn't know about CPAC is they have a a Democratic straw poll as well to guess who will be the Democratic nominee. And I disagree with people of CPAC here. A straw poll of the annual Conservative Political Action Conference is an article from Luca Cassatori with Newsmax. Uh, a straw poll of the annual Conservative Political Action Conference attendees released on Sunday showed a plurality. 22% believe Hillary Clinton has a greater chance of being the nominee than Joe Biden, according to Breitbart. Biden placed third behind Michelle Obama. They were followed by Kamala Harris at 11, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg at 6, and Newsom at 5. Remaining potential candidates received 1% or less, and 23% said they were unsure who the party's nominee would be. We obviously know President Trump won the Republican ticket on that. I didn't know they had a Democratic poll as well. Kind of interesting for being a conservative conference. But I don't disagree with the findings. I I do believe Biden is a little bit above. um, And I said that I kind of disagree, but I didn't see the entire... Following, I think Biden's above Michelle Obama. I don't think Michelle Obama is going to go into politics at this time, or Michael Obama will go into politics at this time. I don't think Hillary Clinton, if anything else comes out with um, Spygate, if Hillary Clinton would be even a a viable candidate come 2024. Um, Biden will probably be the nominee if he's alive, then followed by Kamala Harris, then Hillary Clinton, in my opinion. I don't know who their VP would be at this point. Probably another woman because they have to have women leadership. (laughs) <laughs> in in the White House, in every aspect, president and vice president and every cabinet official and every minority and majority leader should be a woman as well because we have to have equality. We have to have equality. And that was sarcasm if you couldn't tell. Okay. This is scary. 
This is this is extremely scary. T-Mobile preventing some users from texting link to an interview with mRNA COVID vaccine critics. I'm going to read the headline again. T-Mobile is preventing some users from texting link to interview with mRNA COVID vaccine critics. That, I'm not, I haven't even read the article yet, that is a violation of the First Amendment. Doctors Robert Malone and Ryan Cole discussed the CDC's reported withholding of the vast majority of the COVID data it's collected. Uh, this is from Just the News. as Greg Piper. T-Mobile is blocking some of its customers, including this reporter, from texting a link to an article featuring Robert Malone, the mRNA vaccine pioneer who is critical of COVID-19 vaccines and claims he almost died from Moderna's second dose. And Malone made the allegation in his Thursday newsletter, which promoted a WNZ article summarizing his video interview the conservative website formerly known as WorldNet Daily. Note the above link is not being allowed to be forwarded by T-Mobile and probably other cell phone uh, services. Evidently speaking out of censorship and scientific facts is too dang- is considered too dangerous by our government. The WND interview with Malone and Ra- Ryan Cole, an Idaho doctor facing at least one medical board investigation for his criticism of the COVID vaccines and promotion of ivermectin, discussed the CDC reportedly hiding the vast majority of COVID data it's collected, uh, Malone's wife and business partner, Jill, pointed just the news to three comments on her husband's Getter post predicting YouTube would censor a different video of him discussing the CDC's reportedly withheld uh, data. The avowed T-Mobile customers responded to Malone that would be a re- uh, that would be recipients didn't receive the text sharing the article. Another T-Mobile customer, however, said the text went through. It doesn't happen with everyone, but some people actually posted to other family members as a test. Um, Jill Malone wrote in an email, it is happening to enough people for it to be very suspicious. This reporter, a T-Mobile customer, texted the WND article to another T-Mobile customer and a Verizon customer. Uh, neither received a text with the article link, but they did get to text with the WND.com homepage, showing the domain itself is not blocked. I read another article about this last night um, from the Gateway Pundit, saying that T-Mobile claimed they had a, a mix-up with their spam filters. I don't know how spam filters work. I'm not a, a technology expert, but I do know that if there's a spam filter, it is not going to block just one web page. It's going to block an entire domain unless it's like bit.ly or something. WND.com is not a, a, a URL shortener. It's not going to stop that at all. How is this allowed? How can text message providers actively and openly censor links to articles that are dissenting opinions. Here, 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 here's a thought. If the truth about the COVID vaccine is that, is that it is safe and effective and no one has ever died from it and you will be 100% immune to COVID if you, if you take it, right? If that's the truth, which is what they want you to think the truth is. If that's the truth. And why are you censoring dissenting opinions? Why are you not allowing it to be open and honest and shown to the world so people can disagree? And even if you disagree, if you think the COVID vaccine is everything that I said before, that does not give you the right to tell every American or any person who uses your service as a phone provider or a text message provider to actively 
censor what they can send. If you try to send a link to something, no matter what it is, it should go through. It should go through, especially if it's someone you've texted before. Especially if, it, if it's a family friend or a family member or something that you've texted before. Because what if this was something important? I mean, this is very important. But what if it's something like personally important? What if it's medical records that have the wrong keyword in them so they, so they block them? This is setting a dangerous precedent. And the fact that no one in the government has spoken out against this yet, no one in power has spoken out against this yet, proves that they're complacent. Proves that they're okay with censorship. Proves that they're okay with links not going through. I'm disgusted. I am absolutely disgusted. When we return, five things to watch in the Texas primary election according to the Communist News Network, CNN, and the State of the Union. The world on edge, U.S. economy teetering. Biden to make the most consequential, spe- consequential speech of his life that I'll unfortunately miss. When we return here on the Conservative Crusader, we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you're following me on social medias. Uh, GOP Josh or GOP Josh 20. Just search GOP Josh. It'll probably come up. Uh, T.me slash GOP Josh. The telegram GOPJosh.com for my homepage website. So today are the first midterms of or uh, the first primary of the midterms uh, in Texas and nationwide. The first one being in Texas Two big-name Republicans, uh, Greg Abbott and uh, Ken Paxton, will seek to beat back challenges from the right. Um, A conservative Democrat is facing a primary who nearly ousted him two years ago. Okay, so uh, this this will be the first test to the voting law that they passed in 2020 um, or 2021 uh, to, to shape the electorate and whatever, you know, CNN. Um, to win the primary, candidates don't have to beat their rivals, but must win more than 50% of the vote. The top two finishers advance to a head-to-head runoff on May 24th. That threshold could play as an important role in several House primaries. So my original my original philosophy when I read this article was this will be a good telltale sign of the Ohio primary election coming in in May or June. No, it won't. At this point, it won't because if they are if they have runoffs, Ohio doesn't have runoffs, so it would be good to, to get a good f- uh, feel of the primary because the the, the makeup is kind of the same. Pardon me, twenty twenty two, Texas gubernatorial. That way, I can find the article and I can read all of the candidates. And I, I, I'm pretty well educated on this race. I have endorsed Don Huffins. Hoping to take out Greg Abbott. There are 
seven candidates running against Greg Abbott. I mean, they're all running against each other, but uh, there's Paul Bellew, Dan- Danny Harrison, Candy Canehorn, um, Don Huffins, Ricky Lynn Perry, Chad Prather, and Alan West. The only ones who really have a chance are uh, Alan West, Don Huffins, and Chad Prather. Um, um, Chad Prather is from Blaze TV. Former Texas GOP chair Alan West is the is the um, one of the candidates, as well as State Senator Don Huffins from Irving, Texas. And, and these candidates here, these four, are like are, are just set up just like Dewine with Dewine with Renee C with Blystone with Hood. And to see how they split the vote, all three of them with, with their anti Abbott campaign because Abbott's very B. He he, he is a B conservative. What will be a good telltale sign of how bad the vote's going to be split for DeWine in favor of DeWine. I haven't seen much polling out of Texas, which is weird, to be honest. It, it, yeah, Greg Abbott is mostly winning all of them by resounding margins, not even splitting the vote much between the top four candidates. One of them, Alan West, won. A few of them, Alan West won, but most of them are just... Landslides for Greg Abbott because he has the Trump endorsement. He has the backing of President Trump. And this shows that if Trump does endorse in um, in Ohio, what effect he'll have most likely will be similar to this. Uh, Beto is basically has a, a walk in the park to get the Democratic nomination for the same race. I'm excited to follow this race. I'm excited to see this. I hope uh, Don Huffins can pull off an upset. He is the anti-establishment he is he is the candidate he is more pro-trump he is more pro conservative values than any of the other candidates on the ticket i endorse him wholeheartedly i hope he can win and take home the win tonight in texas or at least go to a runoff between him and greg abbott because if there is a runoff between him and greg abbott i am very confident and if there is a runoff period, I am confident that whoever is facing Greg Abbott will be successful. And whoever that is, I will endorse them most likely. Unless it's like Alan West, which I think he's he, he's not even pro-life, is he? I don't think he is. I'm not too sure. But if it is Alan West, I may have a different take. But for Chad Prather, for uh, Don Huffins, I will endorse either of them in the runoff. But for this election, I am supporting Don Huffins. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, so most likely it'll be Greg Abbott versus Beto O'Rourke. Um, obviously, Beto ran for president in 2020. He lost, but he he has some notable quotes, including "We're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47," you know, because because we you you can't have the Second Amendment, and that doesn't work in Texas. And I I want to play a clip. I hope I can find it. I really hope I can find it from um, Ted Cruz. I've played it before on the show, but for, for our newer listeners who have yet to hear it, we will have to play it. If, if technology wants to cooperate with me today, you know how well I have with technology and, and, and how good of a problem I have with that. I'm going to pause the recording just for a second so we can get everything worked out here on the Conservative Crusader. We're back. We had some technical difficulties because that, that, that's what we have. Oh, I'm already playing the video. Wow. Talk about technical, dif- technical difficulties this morning. But here is the video. If you're going to run in Texas. 
Marxist, you can't be a liberal man. Cause liberal thought is not the spirit of a lone star man. You gotta be tough as Texas and honest about your plans. If you're gonna run in Texas, you can't be a liberal man. That is Ted Cruz from the Senate race in 2018. I'm just letting it play. It's a very good song. I'm Ted Cruz, and I approve this message. All right. So, so I just wanted to play that. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Ted Cruz, but I, I had to play that. I'm confident whichever Republican runs and wins the primary election will have a chance to beat... Um, Beto O'Rourke, I don't think he's the, the strongest candidate the Democratic Party has, but they're going to run him anyway. State of the Union is tonight. I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm not going to be home. But Biden will give his first State of the Union address Tuesday night, marking the most consequential speech of his lifetime as U.S. inflation soars and Eastern Europe devolves into war. While State of the Union speeches tend to con- uh concentrate on domestic issues. Russian President Vladimir Putin's decision to launch a full-fledged invasion of Ukraine, despite Biden's repeated threats of economic sanctions, has brought the U.S. president's foreign policy agenda into central focus. Putin ordered his nuclear forces on uh, on high alert Sunday. Okay, we we know about that already. Where he sent it on force. If you look back to Obama gave his first State of the Union address, it was during the worst financial crisis in the generation. When Bush gave his first state of the union, it was shortly after 9-11. Leaders lead during crises. That's exactly what Biden is doing. First off, no, he's not. He, he's not leading at all. But I want to play a, a, a video that I saw on on the uh, Instagram today. I actually posted on Instagram of the anti-war president. And, and that president is Donald J. Trump. Uh, play clip. Bush, Russia. Let me restart Peter it. Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. That was from Trump's CPAC speech over the weekend at, of course, CPAC. I did not mean to click that button. I'm not having a good day today, am I? Not at all, <laughs> but President Biden is the or is the pro-war president. President Trump is the anti-war president, obviously. Yeah, Republican lawmakers mused at the 2022 CPAC that the speech likely had to be re, uh, rewritten. I think they probably torn up the draft they had for the State of the Union and are realizing that issues are getting away from them, uh, Marshall Blackburn said um, at CPAC that they're going to need to buckle down and do some hard work on these foreign policy issues. We've got a lot of countries now that are very upset with the U.S. because we've appeared weak and indecisive about how we're going to move move forward against aggressors. Uh, Dr. James Anderson, the former Deputy Undersecretary for Policy at the Department of Defense, told Fox News Digital on Monday that Biden should use his speech to lay out additional measures to be taken against Russia, such as expelling more diplomats and banning aero flights from entering U.S. airspace. Biden's got a lot to talk about. Biden's got a lot to say. 
And he, he's going to have to say it in order to, to keep his approval ratings higher than 30%. In order to keep his his um, his, his presidency from, from collapsing. And, and that's what we're seeing now. His presidency collapsing because he, he he's absolutely failing. He, he's the worst president in modern American history. At least in the 21st century. He's worse than Obama. He, he's turning into Jimmy Carter 2.0. Unfortunately. And it, it's going to be dangerous. And, and I wish I could see the speech... Bring it live for you tomorrow. Obviously, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. No no podcast tomorrow. We're not going to be in the studio. Well, I might be in my bedroom, but you know what I'm getting at. So no podcast tomorrow, but there's a lot to say. And I recommend you listen to it on a conservative news network just so we're not giving ratings to CNN. And take in what he has to say and, and realize that this senile old man is, is being handled by Pelosi, handled by Harris, handled by... The, the true people in power and realize that our nation is is in the wrong hands. De- definitely in the wrong hands with um, Biden and with with the uh, with the administration in power. It's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems, but we will fight the back against them from the front lines of the America First movement. That's it for today. My name is JP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. I'll see you on Thursday with a brand new episode. Until then, stay tuned. Stay tuned.